Hello everyone, and welcome to this latest episode of the podcast. My name is Richard Bryant, and I am your host. It's May 18th, 2020. This is the Corona Chronicles, Day 67. Hello everyone, here's today's top story. This comes from our friends at Variety.com. Shakespeare's Globe could close permanently due to coronavirus, UK legislators warn. This was reported by Tim Dams. Shakespeare's Globe Theatre is facing the risk of insolvency and closure due to the coronavirus pandemic. UK legislators have warned the government. The Globe is just one of a number of UK cultural institutions in jeopardy as a result of the COVID-19 lockdown according to a committee representing the Department of Digital, Culture, Media, and Sport. The theater, located on the banks of the River Thames in London, temporarily closed its doors on March 18th, when the country's theaters and cinemas began closing their doors due to the spreading pandemic. In written evidence to the DCMS committee, the theater said the current closure has had a devastating impact on its finances and presents the greatest threat to its future since opening in 1997. Neil Constable, CEO of the Globe, tells Variety, We are proudly a part of the UK's national identity and landscape, and our survival as an organization largely depends on help from the government to get us through this lockdown period. The coronavirus job retention scheme has kept us running, but as we receive no regular public funding like other independent organizations, including the Old Vic, the Royal Academy, the Royal Albert Hall, we are in a very precarious position financially. Constable says the Globe's free film productions on its YouTube channel have been watched by 1.9 million people since they were made available online, demonstrating the huge appetite for culture at a time of national crisis. However, he warns the sector cannot replace income in this way. Together, we are determined to come back after the crisis. However, the arts must be protected and we need urgent financial support to survive in any recognizable form. Conservative MP Julian Knight who chairs the committee, said in a letter to Cultural Secretary Oliver Dowden that it would be a tragedy if the London Theatre were to close. Shakespeare's Globe is a world-renowned institution and not only part of our national identity, but a leading example of the major contribution the arts make to our economy, said Knight. For the national treasure to succumb to COVID-19 would be a tragedy. We called on the government to step up now and find more funding to shore up our cultural landscape and safeguard our rich past while giving hope to those whose livelihoods depend upon it. Knight added that other theaters and venues are facing a struggle for survival and an uncertain future, and the lifting the lockdown will not automatically mean things return to normal for the creative industries. The committee also reported that the Minnick Theater, an open-air venue on the Cornish coast, had provided written evidence that said lockdown coincided with its lowest point in the financial year, hitting an unexpected rise in visitors' numbers for the new season. Beyond lockdown, the committee reported that the Theatre Royal Plymouth had noted that social distancing with a limit on seating capacity would prove not to be financially viable for larger-scale venues relying on higher attendance figures to cover costs. Arts organizations are entitled to government support such as the furlough scheme, which was last week extended for another four months and loans. We'll continue to follow this story, but please be sure to check out your reliable theater source of information. From our friends at Stage Directions, the IATSE hires epidemiologists to consult on reopening procedures. 
the IATSE announced on May 18, 2020, they have hired a team of three epidemiologists to consult the union on best practices for workers in the entertainment industry to safely return to work. The move comes as workers in all sectors of the industry face unprecedented levels of unemployment as a result of the COVID-19 crisis, and employers look to find a way to resume business. IATSE International President Matthew D. Loeb said, We want everyone to get back to work as soon as possible, but we need to do it right. We are working with these epidemiologists and employers to create standards that will apply across the board in the U.S. and Canada, so no production or worker is left behind. The epidemiologists include David H. Wegman, Letitia Davis, and Gregory R. Wagner. The nature of the entertainment industry presents unique challenges in a global pandemic. Much of the live event industry is dependent on drawing crowds of people for revenue, and behind the scenes, many workers like those in hair and makeup and wardrobe departments must work in extremely close proximity to those to do their jobs. Creative jobs will require creative measures to come back safely, said Loeb. These professionals will help us uncover what those measures should be. Further information from the IATSE can be found at iatsecares.org. Again, that's iatsecares.org. Also, you can revisit this article at Stage Directions and read further information about the backgrounds of these three epidemiologists. Page Two. From our friends at thetheatertimes.com, the International Online Theater Festival is being extended until May 31st, adding 11 new productions. The IOTF is an annual online theater festival showcasing the work of diverse global artists. Productions from Argentina, Brazil, Poland, Portugal, South Africa, Chile, and the U.S. provide further engagement with the festival's theme how realities can be transformed and transfigured, and what theater offers in terms of conceptualizing the world we might want to forge, create, or envisage. It's about theater as the part, as the art of the possible in a time when we are asking, how might theater adapt to a post-COVID-19 world? All productions are free to watch wherever in the world you are. You can read more about the, the upcoming extension, and the various productions that are going to be offered by visiting thetheatertimes.com and looking up the International Online Theater Festival is extended. From our friends at Stage Directions, the National Theater at Home streams Barbershop Chronicles for free via YouTube from May 14th through the 21st. The National Theater in the UK has created National Theater at Home, a free streaming service that provides access to content online to serve audiences in their homes. Audiences around the world can stream NT Live Productions for free via YouTube. Now, through May 21st, it's streaming its production of Barbershop Chronicles with a running time of 1 hour and 45 minutes with no interval. Newsroom, Political Platform, Local Hotspot, Confession Box, Preacher Pulpit, and Football Stadium. For generations, African men have gathered in barbershops to discuss the world. These are places where the banter can be barbed and the truth is always telling. Directed by Oliver, by Olivier award-winning director Bijan Shebani, Barbershop Chronicles is a heartwarming, hilarious, and insightful new play that leaps from a barbershop in Peckham to Johannesburg, Harare, Kampala, Lagos, and Accra over the course of a single day. This enhanced archive recording was captured by the National Theatre in January 2018 and features the original cast. 
The creative and production team for Barbershop Chronicles includes director Bijan Shalbani, designer Ray Smith, lighting designer Jack Knowles, sound designer Gareth Fry, fight director Kev McCurdy, stage manager Andrew Speed, deputy stage manager Fiona Bardsley, and assistant stage manager Naomi Brooks. The National Theater, like theaters all around the world, is facing a devastating impact from coronavirus. They launched National Theater at Home free of charge. Should viewers wish to make a donation to support their National Theater, there is a public appeal on their homepage at www.nationaltheater.org.uk. You can also visit that website for further information. Our ambition at the National Theater is to create work which is challenging, entertaining, and inspiring, and we're committed to continuing that through these difficult times, Lisa Berger, Executive Director and Joint Chief Executive said. I'm thrilled that we're able to fulfill this ambition in a different way through our collaboration with YouTube. I'm exceptionally proud of the team at the National Theater for working so hard to create National Theater at Home, and also to the right holders who have been so supportive of this new initiative, allowing us to bring theater to households right across the world. We have delved into the National Theater Live Archive and curated a program that's varied from comedy to new dramas to classics, so there is something for everyone to enjoy from their own homes. We will be streaming such production at the same time each week in order to recreate, where possible, the communal viewing experience, and we hope that this will be an opportunity for people to share their enjoyment together online. Christina Mattiotti, Head of Music and Cultural Partnerships, said, During this incredible, difficult time, we are so glad that institutions like the National Theatre are using the platform to share translated treasured cultural content with the UK and global communities who are facing self-isolation. Technology can bring the cultural and creative world inside your home. We look forward to seeing how National Theatre at Home on YouTube delights the community and provides a chance to continue to learn. In a side note, I have taken in two of the shows that have been premiered so far. The first being Frankenstein, which was excellent, and followed by Antony and Cleopatra, another excellent performance. I highly recommend checking out the National Theatre on YouTube. If you're looking for a daily distraction, Playbill.com has got it for you. A daily distraction. Tina Fey and Jonathan Groff are two lovers in the Amish night. This story was brought to you by Ryan McPhee. These are frightening times, and we all must take necessary precautions as we social distance and self-isolate. That being said, you deserve a break every now and then. Welcome to Playbill's Daily Distraction. Day 62, Amish Lovin', we had me a blast. Today marks Tina Fey's 50th birthday, and while she may have a Tony Award nomination for the book to Mean Girls, we think she should consider a foray into musical theater performance once Broadway resumes. If you need convincing, just watch the chemistry she has with Jonathan Groff in this song from Amish Nights, the 1943 hit musical that's steamy, rural, and fake. Amish Nights is a fictional musical, itself depicted in the fictional Hamlet musical Melancholy Baby, penned by the fictional Heinzplatt and DeSelza. The latter, in reality, was written by Michael Thomas and Faye's husband and frequent collaborator Jeff Richmond, before, and, before title of show, and The Drowsy Chaperone sent up the classic American musical and its ardent lovers. The zany, meta-theatrical musical marked Ars Nova's inaugural production. In The Courting Song, the two Pennsylvania natives play two Amish lovers who prove 
You don't need electricity to make sparks fly. Note, the ever-central, contactless choreography and Faye somehow, somehow managing to make statement earrings and a bonnet match. To learn more about this daily distraction, please visit playbill.com. Page 3. From our friends at Oystat. Oystat chat number 2 and number 3. Two special free sessions. The discussion on how theater educators cope with COVID-19. COVID-19 has changed the world drastically. Oystat would like to provide Oystat chat, the special free sessions as a platform to connect and to discuss possible solutions in this unusual time. It is free, but only open to 50 spots. Oystat chat number two and number three will focus on theater education, challenges theater educators face in the period of pandemic, approaches of online teaching, and how to support theater students during online learning. In order to reach the broadest group of people in different time zones, they are offering two sessions on May 26th and May 28th, 29th separately. You can join one of the sessions when you are available. You can learn more about how to participate in Oystat chat by visiting www.oystat.org. If you're a USITT member, you can visit USITT's International Activities on Facebook and find out more information there. From our friends at USITT, on Tuesday, May 19th, they're presenting a webinar called Getting the Most Out of Your Wireless System. Here's a description. The wireless microphone dropouts can significantly impact your production and stress level. Join Ben Escobedo of the Sure Pro Market Development Team as he addresses common RF issues, how to avoid them, and tips on optimizing your workflow. Participants are encouraged to come with questions in order to talk about common experiences and guide conversation. Ben will also cover some of the learning resources that Sure offers. Please visit usitt.org and look under their Education Training Resources link for more information of upcoming events. Also, be sure to check out USITT's News at Noon, both on Tuesday and Thursday at, uh, at 12 o'clock. Also from USITT, their weekly posting of jobs. Some of the new jobs that are available from All Access Staging and Production in Torrance, California, they're looking for a technical designer draftsperson, as well as a fabrication supervisor and assistant. From the Studio Theater in Washington, DC, they're looking for a lighting and sound supervisor. From the University of Denver in Denver, Colorado, a visiting teaching assistant professor of theater. If you find yourself in the Southwest, Eastern New Mexico University is looking for an instructor in technical theater and design. This is located in Portales, New Mexico. If you're on the East Coast, at Binghamton University in Binghamton, New York, two positions are currently open. One, a visiting assistant professor of theater, of acting and directing, and also a stage management lecturer. Please visit jobs at usitt.com.org for more information. Jobs will be rotated and posted regularly. And finally, to start this week off 
in their series of posts from designers whose productions were canceled or postponed due to the global COVID-19 pandemic. Here is the work of Michael Kimmel and Lisa Weinschrott. Michael and Lisa are husband and wife and were the lighting designers for Wallkill Valley Regional High School's production of Freaky Friday. Here is Lisa's description for her and Michael's design. The lighting design for Freaky Friday was a balance of the natural world with the dynamic, energetic feel of a Disney Channel concert. Our goal, as with most of our designs, is to immerse the audience in the environment to mirror what the characters are feeling. We accomplish this with the use of color and movement within the cues. The LED borders and legs in the set gave the show a modern pop feel, but also allowed us to set the location and mood for each scene. Each scene had its color throughout the story. During the songs, we pulled out of reality and used the LEDs and the pars to accent the music and choreography, as we would expect to see in a Disney musical. Timing and cue placement were very important to create movement, as we didn't have moving lights. Our spots were older than the novel itself. We relied heavily on the focus of the lights to help draw attention to the characters and important moments in the show. Due to the limited hanging positions and the dead-hung pipes, we used dance booms to provide depth and dimension to pop out the characters especially during the big production numbers. To view their work, please visit USITT on Facebook or many of their other social media platforms. Before I conclude today's podcast, I want to extend my gratitude to the members of our armed services, to our healthcare workers, our nurses and doctors, our first responders, our police, fire, and emergency service officers from around the world. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Please join me in continuing to support these women and men as they face this near impossible task of saving lives in the face of such great adversity. Please support your local food bank and shelters. If possible, donate blood at one of your local Red Crosses. Be sure to check in on the elderly and support those who have special needs. Reach out to a friend and help not only make their day, but also improve your own. Please support your small and local businesses as well. Be sure to continue to practice good hygiene, the wearing of personal protective equipment, and social distancing. Today I'm going to leave you not with a quote, but a good chunk of the speech that former President Obama gave at the National High School Commencement speech. He said, now I'll be honest with you, the disappoints of missing a live graduation, those will pass quick. I don't remember much from my own high school graduation. I know that's not having to sit there and listen to a commencement speaker isn't all that bad. Mine usually go on way too long. Also, not that many people look great in those caps, especially if you have big ears like me. And you'll have plenty of time to catch up with your friends once the immediate public health crisis is over. But what remains true is that your graduation marks your passage into adulthood the time when you begin to take charge of your own life. It's when you get to decide what's important to you, the kind of career you want to pursue, who you want to build a family with, the values you want to live by. And given the current state of the world, that might be kind of scary. If you planned on going away for college, getting dropped off at a campus in the fall, that's no longer a given. If you're planning to work while going to school, finding that first job is going to be tougher. Even families that are relatively well-off are dealing with massive uncertainty. Those who were struggling before, they're hanging on by a thread. All of which means that you're going to have to grow up faster than some generations. This pandemic has shaken up the status quo and laid bare a lot of our country's deep-seated problems. 
from massive economic inequality to ongoing racial disparities to a lack of basic health care for people who need it. It's woken a lot of young people up to the fact that the old ways of doing things just don't work. That it doesn't matter how much money you make if everyone around you is hungry and sick. And that our society and democracy only work when we think not just about ourselves, but about each other. It's also per the carton back on another hard truth, something that we all have to eventually accept once our childhood comes to an end. All those adults that you used to think were in charge and knew what they were doing, turns out they don't have all the answers. A lot of them aren't even asking the right questions. So if the world's going to get better, it's going to be up to you. That realization may be kind of intimidating, but I hope it's also inspiring. With the challenges this country faces right now, nobody can tell you, no, you're too young to understand, or this is how it's always been done. Because with so much uncertainty, with everything suddenly up for grabs, this is your generation's world to shape. Since I'm one of the old guys, I won't tell you what to do with this power that rests in your hands. But I'll leave you with three quick pieces of advice. First, don't be afraid. America's gone through tough times before. Slavery, civil war, famine, disease, the Great Depression, and 9-11. And each time, we came out stronger, usually because a new generation, young people like you, learned from past mistakes and figured out how to make things better. Second, do what you think is right. Doing what feels good, what's convenient, what's easy, that's how little kids think. Unfortunately, a lot of so-called grown-ups, including some with fancy titles and important jobs, still think that way, which is why things are so screwed up. I hope that instead you decide to ground yourself in values that last, like honesty, hard work, responsibility, fairness, generosity, respect for others. You won't get it right every time. You'll make mistakes like we all do. But if you listen to the truth that's inside yourself, even when it's hard, even when it's inconvenient, people will notice. They'll gravitate towards you, and you'll be part of the solution instead of part of the problem. And finally, build a community. No one does big things by themselves. Right now, when people are scared, it's easy to be cynical and say, let me just look out for myself, or my family, or people who look, or think, or pray like me. But if we're going to get through these difficult times, if we're going to create a world where everybody has the opportunity to find a job and afford college, if we're going to save the environment and defeat future pandemics, then we're going to have to do it together. So be alive to one another's struggles. Stand up for one another's rights. Leave behind all the old ways of thinking that divide us. Sexism, racial prejudice, status, greed, and set the world on a different path. Thank you, President Obama. Thank you. My name is Richard Bryant, and I have been your host. It's May 18th, 2020. This has been the Corona Chronicles, Day 67. Take care, be well, and good night. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions on how to make this podcast better, please send them to archivett24 at yahoo.com. Again, that's archivett24 at yahoo.com.